Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, 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 and welcome to Believe. That's B L E A V in lines right here on the Believe Network. Unfortunately, though, I am not feeling very believing right now. I'm your host at Javanaugh87, Jack Kavanaugh, joined as always by the one, the only, the interception leader, all pro safety, who the Lions probably could have used today, Glover Quinn. What's up, man? Oh, just coming fresh off of that loss. It was ended up close 38 35 but there were just so many opportunities that left me so frustrated so i'm a little bit uh ramped up right now no question i mean i thought the lines oh man they left like you said they left a lot out there um they should have won they, they they had a chance to win that game i mean it's a lot to talk about there a lot is. to talk about there is. There really is. And it started out so well. First drive, Lions get the ball, and they just march right down the field. They score the touchdown. But then, after that, they don't have another first down until five minutes left in the half. Just Right. And, and I mean, you, 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 you look at what they did. It's the same thing that we saw in the preseason, right? They come out the first drive. They look dominant on offense. They come out defensively. They get a stop. And then, like you say, the next... The next drive, three and out. Next drive, three and out. Next drive, three and out. Next drive, pick six. Like, you can't go four drives with three three and outs and, and a pick six. It just It's just too – like, what happened to the same thing that you were doing the first drive? You get away from the running game, trying to throw the ball. Jared Goff is not that guy. Let him live off the run game and the play action passes. You get away from the running game, I mean – I don't know. Like DeAndre Swift was unstoppable all game. Completely. All all game. Like the first drive, he's unstoppable. Why not go right back to that the second drive? Make them stop you. And and they didn't do that. And obviously, you go three and out. It took him four four possessions after giving up six points offensively to to get back on. And then look at the sixth drive. DeAndre Swift scores a touchdown. Like, come on, man. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. That's B-L-E-A-V-5-0. Bet Online, where the game starts. Yeah, Swift just, he was so dominant. Like, 15 carries, 144 on the ground. In the air, 
four receptions, 38 yards, 182 from scrimmage on just 19 touches. They could, they had no answer. There was absolutely no answer for the swiftness of DeAndre Swift. And I mean, I'm glad he's on our fantasy team, but I literally sent out a tweet at, at halftime. The Lions want to win, like, note to the Detroit Lions, give the ball to DeAndre Swift, please. And, I mean, it's a lot of things, man. It's a lot, a lot of things that, that that happened in that game. Shaky start. Um, you know, a lot of drop passes. I mean, Amon St. Brown dropped two passes. You know, Chark had a big drop in for um, first possession. Amon didn't have a drop all game. I mean, all season last year. Now you got two in the first game. So that that those things, you know, third down defense. I mean, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts looked. I mean, he looked paused to me. He looked good. He looked he looked calm. Um, obviously, we knew that uh, AJ Brown could be could be a problem, and, and he was a problem going for 128 yards in the first half. Converting big third downs, though, that's that's the thing. If he's making big plays on first down, I don't want to say you can live with that, but it's, you can live with that. On third down, when it's time to get out the field, you can't give up big plays on third down. I mean, I thought the secondary came out, made a couple big plays, a couple big plays in the first, I think it was the first possession, maybe the second possession. Um, I think a cool, I think first possession, right? A yeah. cool that makes a big third down stop, and then a money comes back with a big fourth down stop, right? You got to great momentum and then it's like the second drive it's like they went they weren't as aggressive to me they wasn't blitzing they playing off coverage giving up big plays it was just kind of like they came out and these this is how they wanted to start the game and then after that it was just kind of like whatever and one of the things i noticed too with aj brown 50 of those yards came on third down against will harris because for some reason, I'm not sure if it was a, a lecture, a conversation, but Jeff Akuda got pulled off the field. Will Harris goes on. They go right at him. 50-yard completion on third down to A.J. Brown. That that's, is that's a killer. But, yeah. I mean, but looking at how they was playing it, and I don't know if they were doing this or if it was just the way it looked, but it looked like Akuda was kind of matching up with Devontae Smith, which I don't think he had a catch-all game. I think he had a drop early in the game. Um, and it looked like the money was matched up on, on A.J. Brown, right? So then how does Will Harris get put in the game on third down and gets matched up with, Will, I mean, A.J. Brown? Like, that is just – if you're going to take a cool out the game, that's fine, right? A money, you have to go to A.J. Brown, period. You can't – I mean, you just can't do that. And a 50-yard pass – I think it was right before the half, right? It was, yeah. And right they did the hold them to three, but still. That... Yeah, but you lose by three, right? So you exactly. take that three off the board. We got a third overtime game, you know what I'm saying? In in, in the first in the first group of games on, on, on opening day. So that was a big play. That was a big play. And then, you know, Trace Walker got in, got a big sack. I mean, Jalen Hurts killing them on third down, just running. You know, he converted. I can't remember how many third downs he converted just running the ball. You know Too many. Absolutely. So we, we definitely got to get we, – we got to get control of that. But, I mean, you give up the big third down play right before the half. It's a big bomb, big play to get three points. Put a lot of pressure on your defense, though. And one of the things I kind of noticed with Jalen Hurts, he was getting pressured quickly, but then it'd be a missed tackle in the backfield. And I'm just wondering, Aiden Hutchinson, the rookie – he and some of these younger defensive linemen, are they coming off with too much gusto, too much 
fire behind them and just overplaying it, losing their leverage, and Hurts is beating them. Right. I mean, that was one thing I put down in my notes. You know, they're getting pressure on those guys, right? They're getting pressure back there. They got to break down and, and make those tackles. And when, you, when, you, when you're scrambling, I mean, when you're blitzing against a scrambling quarterback. I mean, we saw it. I don't know if you saw it last night or yesterday in the UT and, uh, and Alabama game. Guy comes off on the edge, had Bryce Young dead to the water, and Bryce Young makes a Heisman-type play, right? It's the same thing. You're coming in on these, on these scrambling type of quarterbacks. You have to understand that if you just come running at them full speed, they're going to make you miss. It just is what it is. They got two – they're not, I don't want to say as elusive as running backs, but when you got pump fakes that you can do, they duck in the pocket. Like you can't hit the quarterbacks a certain type of way, so it already brings you a certain type of tackle that you got to make. And when you come running at full speed going for the kill shot, they're going to get you because they see they, you, you think they don't see you, but they see you. And, you know, you miss a lot of tackles on, 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 on Hurts, and that just opens up run game, run, 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 run lanes for him, and he's killing you on third down, running for first downs, and that's just demoralizing for a defense. For, for you to be in position to get stops and the quarterback just breaks out and run for you. So that's that's definitely demoralizing. But I don't I don't feel like I was I put a note at the end of the game. I'm like, man, I was so excited. And you know, maybe if you look at the film, maybe he was doing some great things, but I just didn't hear Aiden Hutchinson name called enough today. Like, ah, I wanted to get like that big sack or that big tackle for loss or big something. I just didn't hear it. Maybe I didn't have my TV up loud enough, but I didn't hear it today. He was the, he was the epitome of that player who was coming in too hot, would get the pressure and then just miss. So I, I like that he was getting pressure, but at the end of the day, you're still not making the play. You're ultimately costing the first down because you've overcommitted, over pursued. And it felt like that happened just a few too many times with Hutchinson. Hopefully he can grow into that a little bit more, but it was frustrating. And it, I'm sure it doesn't help when you have Tracy Walker ejected after a dominant first half too. Yeah. I mean, you know, Tracy got to keep his cool. I, I mean, I understand Tracy feeling like he got to do something, you know, that's a tough play, right? Jalen Hurst is scrambling all over you. You come in and, and you go for that, that, that play and it's a slide and, you know, that's tough. And then, obviously, you got to understand that the O-line is going to come to the protection of their quarterback, right? They push and push and push and doesn't get you penalties in the NFL. Like, guys can push. It is what it is. When you go and you throw the the the, the left hand like you're trying to punch somebody, like, that's going to get you a personal foul penalty. And for some reason, the referees call it two unsportsmanlike conducts. Get you thrown out the game. You can't get two of those penalties. So that's a huge loss for for the Lions as well. And and you know Tracy's gonna, you know, he should hear about it from his teammates. Should hear about it from the coaches. And he's gonna hear about it from the NFL. He's definitely gonna get a fine for that. So um, it's not what you want to have happen in 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 the first game, especially from one of your captains, uh, your leaders. You you can't lose him in a close game like that. No, and he dominated the first half, too. He became the second Lions defensive back in NFL history to have eight tackles in a sack in a half. Or sorry, not NFL, Lions history since 1994, at least. But still, he was yeah, all I mean, over the field. He's, he's all over the field. I mean, like I said, got it on a sack, big-time play, um, making tackles in the backfield. I mean, making tackles in open field. And, you know, as a safety, like you say, eight, eight tackles, it's like, ah, uh, is, that, is that good? Because – 
you know, and Sages have to make a lot of tackles unless they're playing in the box and they're blitzing and they're making TFL and stuff like that. You really don't want your tackles, your Sages to make eight, nine tackles, especially in the half, because that probably means that they're getting big plays, right? The run game is breaking out and they're having to get those guys down. Receivers are catching passes and they're having to get those guys down. Tight ends are catching. So, it, it, I mean, having a sack is great, but eight tackles in, in the secondary is not – it's not great. I didn't. I didn't see as many in the box in the first half. Um, but Tracy was all over the place, and and like I say, just his presence out there. I mean, you can't you can't lose him. That's just demoralizing. I think that whole drive, it, it was just it was just demoralizing because the next play, I think they get the, the tight end screen to to Goldert. He gets down to the to the one yard line, and then the next play, touchdown. And. It hurts especially so because C or sorry, safety number three, Efetu Melifonwu, he's out with a hamstring. So now they're on safety number four, Juju Hughes. And it's just frustrating. It hurts. Nice to see them kind of clamp down at the end when they really needed it, hold them at 38 points and allow the bit of the comeback, but too little too late. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, and we can't be we can't be happy that we're holding teams to 38 points. It's going to be very difficult to win a lot of games giving up 38 points. So I thought the Lions defense played well, but obviously they didn't play well enough. Um, you know, obviously giving up a pick six doesn't help, you know, uh, but the third down conversion is the, the scrambling from the quarterback and which you're not going to face a scrambling quarterback every week. But if they if that continues to be a problem, you will have teams, guys who are not necessarily scrambling quarterbacks that will go into the game feeling like, hey, if it's not there on third down, I can use my legs to pick up four or five yards to keep the chains moving. And I don't have to force anything. We've seen Tom Brady, who can't really run out of his own shoes. We've seen him com complete or pick up a third and short because they're, they're respecting the pass so much. But you understand that if, if you continue – to allow that, especially with the quarterbacks in your division, right? Justin Fields in Chicago, he can scramble. You look at Aaron Rodgers, he can scramble. Kirk Cousins is not a huge scrambler, but he can pick up four or five yards if they go into the game understanding that the, the scramble against the Lions defense is open. So they got to do a better job of taking that away. Absolutely. That is kind of something they struggled with. Actually, no, last year it was something they – did better because they held Lamar in check. They excelled at that. Jalen Hurts did kill them last year. So it's something they can do. You just got to do it. And, you know, they did have younger linebacker Malcolm Rodriguez out there, and he was making plays all over the place. But a lot of the times, unfortunately, it was a couple yards down the field because someone lost contain on the outside. And right. it's good to see him make the play, but it's still a breakdown. And, on the offense, lots of breakdowns too. That even that first drive that was so successful, you get Logan Stenberg, who's the right guard now that Hal Vi ties out. Two false starts back to back. In and a row. You, second and twenty. Yeah. You can't have that. I mean, and like even 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 before that, you look at that whole series, right? They come out, DeAndre Swift gets the big run, right? Big time play. Great job, Amon St. Brown. They talked about how he's a great blocker, great receiver. Great job, right? But then you get down there. I don't know if DJ Chark was a little shooken, a little shaken, or whatever you want to call it, going up against Darius Slay. But he got an easy drop. 
in the first drive. Then you come back and you got two false start penalties, right? Yeah, they end up getting a touchdown on the drive, but they made it a lot harder than it needed to be. And you're not going to always be able to come back from those two penalties and a drop pass to get a touchdown. So they got to clean that up. But great job, Jamal Williams. Tough run. I mean, that's what I saw in, in training camp. Those were some of the things that I saw when I was there. Tough run, um, bouncing off tackers, getting in the end zone. And, you know, he got in twice. Tough runs. But, I mean, DeAndre Swift was definitely the bell guy. He looked like the most explosive player on the Lions offense. And if he can stay healthy, he can have a monster year. But he's going to need some of those other guys to um, to pick it up. And I think, you know, we talked about this earlier in the week on a previous show. Actually, we talked about the, the, the Lions offensive line being huge for them, right? But we talked about the defensive line. Right. And listening to the commentators during the game, the Philadelphia offensive line was probably one of the best O-lines last year. And I thought they took it to the Lions defensive line. I, I thought, I mean, anytime they got inside the five, it was just rushing for a touchdown. I don't think Jalen Hurst had to throw the ball. They were literally just running the ball into the end zone, which is, like I said, exactly what I saw in training camp. When I went there, the Lions offensive line did the same thing to the Lions defensive line. So they got to find a way to bulk up inside of the five on short yards and all those situations to get stops. Otherwise, it's going to be tough because you put a lot of pressure on the defensive backs. You put a lot of pressure on the linebackers when you can't just stop the run with the D-line. So I thought the, the Eagles O-line won that battle, which was a key matchup for me. Who would, who would win the trenches? I thought the Eagles O-line played better than the Lions D-line today. Absolutely. I don't think there's any question about it, especially I don't like to box score scout too much, but four different Eagles had a touchdown. We had Jalen Hurts get one. We had Miles Sanders get one. We had Kenneth Gainwell get one and we had Boston Scott get one. So that's no matter who was in there, didn't matter. Offensive lines getting pushed. And at the end of the game, they could have held the Eagles at least got one more shot at it. QB sneak first down. And it was unfortunate. And I know they had the heavy personnel in then, but we heard a lot from the commentary about the NASCAR package, what the Giants used to run, or that, sorry, that's where it really got popularized in common culture. But four edge rushers on the field all at the same time, they got the pressure. But again, is that a problem in terms of containment? Was it just too much juice against a mobile quarterback? I think so, because when you get all those pass rushers in, like those guys are trying to go and get sacked. So they're opening up lanes, right? You want to have that package when you're playing against an immobile quarterback, guys that they, that he wants to feel the pressure. Jalen Hurts wants you to rush your field and open up some lanes. Now he knows he's going to put his foot in the ground. He's going to take off on you. So I think, you know, the NASCAR package was not probably the best idea for Jalen Hurts. Maybe it's great for Kirk Cousins. Maybe it's great for Carson Wentz coming up next week. But I don't think it was a great job for Jalen Hurts. I don't think so. And the results speak for itself. Hopefully the Lions can clean that up. And one of the things we heard was Dan Campbell had pretty much lost his voice going into half, yelling with all the mistakes and stuff. So what do you think about that? What do you think Dan Campbell's 
thinking, saying, and planning right now for the Lions? Well, I mean, the thing is, you 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 know, you you come into to the season with great momentum, but like I've always said, momentum doesn't win you ball games. You have to go out and execute. You know, hype doesn't win you ball games. You have to go out and execute. You see a lot of times where hype, people feel like they can win off hype and emotion and all that stuff. That helps, but it doesn't win you ball games. At the end of the day, you have to make plays. You have to do the things that you're supposed to do to help yourself win the game. And I just don't think the Lions done. They dug themselves in too big of a hole. They got off to too slow of a start, came out, you know, those first 15 plays that they've been practicing on all week, you know, the scripted drive, they came out and went straight down the field. I don't know why they got away from that game plan, but you can't go to the next four possessions giving up, getting no first downs and giving up points. You just can't do that. And I just I just feel like they dug themselves in too big of a hole. And then you, you when they found the rhythm in the second half, it's just too much to try to overcome. And even when you do get to the end and you give yourself a chance, just don't just don't come through and make the plays. I mean they they Miles Sanders rushed for you know big runs on that last on that last drive. When you when you know it's obvious run situations, he's breaking through and getting big gains and and ultimately getting the first down. Jalen hurts to uh to seal the deal. So final question about this game, at least for me, when it comes to the defensive backs, there's a lot of cornerbacks, a lot of good cornerback play. Jeff Akuda coming off the Achilles seemed like he was ready, willing, able to throw the body. He made a couple of really hard tackles, it seemed to me. And then on the other side, we had James Bradbury with the pick six. As a defensive back, I'm sure you love to see it as a Lions alumni. I'm sure you hate to see it. And then the Darius Slay dropped interception. Yes, I mean, I thought I thought the line secondary play, I thought Jeff played good. I thought Jeff played good, made some good plays. And you know, I thought the secondary floor around made some decent plays. Still needs still need to find us a playmaker, somebody that can turn the ball over and somebody that we expect to turn the ball over. We know they can tackle, they're tough. We know that, but we need the ball from the secondary. But yes, you know, Brad Bradbury getting a pick six. You know, I'm a DB, so I love that, even though I don't like it against the Detroit Lions. But it's nice to see that. And then, I mean, I tweeted at halftime that the Lions got to stop going at Darius Slay. He looks so explosive. He looks so beautiful in the first half. He, he played a, a – I thought he played a great game. Yeah, he got caught in press coverage against DJ Chalk and, you know, gave up the touchdown on the fade ball. You know, but I, I just don't feel like, you know, they helped themselves in the first half by going at him so much. But, yeah, the drop pick, you know – he got to work on his ball skills. He got to get the pinky pinky down. That got to be a pick slay. Come on, man. I need those 20 push-ups. Yes. Yeah. 20 push-ups. And, you know, he's getting the food from his cousin Tracy Walker for the win. But I think he owes you uh, maybe some food as well. Maybe send you some Captain J's. Yeah, I need something slay. We, we can't do that. That is just, you know, that would have capped off a great game for him. Right? And, you know, he, and he knows this. He knows this because we had a we had a game kind of like this in um I think it would have been year two for Slay. He was playing in Minnesota, right? And we're beating up on him. And we get to the end of the game and Slay kind of you know loses his focus a little bit, right? Had a personal foul penalty, gives up the catch, something like that. And and I just told Slay, missed the tackle. And I'm just like, bro, we, we got to stay locked in for the entire game, right? We, we can't let a great game go downhill 
because we lose focus in the last four minutes because we've already won the game. And so I thought you saw that today, right? I mean, Slay had a great game, drop a pick in the fourth quarter, and then gives up a touchdown. So in his mind, I'm sure he's feeling like, ah, oh, I played okay, but I probably could have played a lot better, right? He catches that pick, it solidifies a great game, probably doesn't even give up the touchdown at the end of the game, right? So those are things that, like, you just, you just never get to the point to where you can relax, right? We see that from a veteran corner. We see that from rookie corners. You got to play the game the whole way through it. And, you know, they got the win, but I know my guy Slay, he feels like he probably could have played a little bit better. And one of my biggest takeaways, too, for the Eagles at the very least, is they're a dominant team. They had some lulls. They had some mistakes. But the O-line's dominant. The D-line's dominant. The secondary is who we thought they were. And A.J. Brown, career high in yards, 155 today. I mean, the first thing I put in my, my final game notes, A.J. Brown is the real deal. First thing I put in my, my notes, A.J. Brown is the real deal. So we, we knew he was he was tough. He, he's big, he's physical, he's a strong guy. We we saw that all day. You know, I, I, the thing I, I saw, money kept getting beat on those little quick slants. Like, A.J. Brown has proven to me to be a deep ball, fade guy, run down the sideline type of guy. So when he's giving you those hard outside releases, you can't go for that. You got to force him to outrun me down the field and, and win the jump ball. He lives off making slants and digs and catches in traffic across the middle of the field and run after catch. So when he's hard outside releasing, I can't overplay that and then get beat back inside on the slant routes. I got to sit hard inside on the slant routes and force him to try to go outside and turn into a fade ball guy. And I don't know if we've seen that from him throughout his career. Everything has been cross the middle, slants, digs, you know, corner routes, things where he catch the ball. He's a, he's a great route to catch guy because he's big, he's physical. So I thought um, that was that was an adjustment that could have been made. And I'm sure other teams will be watching that film and noticing that. And it'll be interesting to see because he's got the body type for it. He's got the physicality for it. So there's nothing nothing to say that he can't win on the outside those deep routes like his teammate DK Metcalf at Ole Miss. We just haven't seen it quite yet. So Eagles, really one of the teams to watch out for. And believe earlier this, se- this uh, offseason, they asked for our predictions. I had the Bengals and the Eagles going to the Super Bowl. Bengals ultimately winning. Looking rough today after the Bengals lost to the Steelers, though. Yeah, the Bengals, man. I mean, Minka Fitzpatrick looked like the best safety in the game right now. I mean, I've only seen one game, but he looked like the best safety in the game. I saw him making numerous plays, had a pick six, big block field goal at the end of the game, tackles all over the place, big play in the end zone on that last drive, you know, knocking the ball loose like Minka Fitzpatrick looked like the absolute best safety in the game today. And, and, you know, Pittsburgh came out and played like Pittsburgh, like Pittsburgh can play, you know, they're tough mentally, physically, and, you know, Cincinnati, you know, they play well, right. They, they dug themselves in a hole and then they fall back, but you can't, you, you, you can't miss extra points, right. You, you let make a Fitzpatrick sneak through and block that extra point. Then you come back and you miss an awful looking field goal and, 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 and over time to win the game. So, I mean, Philly, P- Pittsburgh won the game. I don't know if Cincinnati did did enough to help themselves. They, they missed two opportunities to win that game. So, that's, that's tough. Joe, I won't write them off yet, though. 
No, absolutely not. We have to remember that Joe Burrow didn't practice for pretty much the entirety of training camp after having his appendix removed. I believe it'll come. It's like the Rams. They played late into the season. Joe Burrow didn't get to practice with them, so I think they'll click at the right time. Steelers, though, dominant today. But TJ Watt, he came off the field, and people are reading his lips thinking that he's torn his pec. He was saying, it looked like he was saying it's tore. It looked like he was saying it. He's shaking his head like, no, nah, it's tore. I know it. I'm just walking right to the to the locker room because it's tore. I know it. I can feel it balled up in, in under my shoulder pads. Like that didn't that did not that did not look good because he had a dominant performance today as well. Interception, pass breakups, knocking the ball down, tackles for losses. He had a dominant performance as well. So that's very tough for the Pittsburgh Steelers to lose a guy like that because we can see it's still going to be tough for those guys offensively. You know, they 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 led they they capitalized off the defensive plays today, right? They scored twenty three points, one field goal, and then Mika Fitzpatrick had to pick six. You know, they had multiple turnovers that gave themselves opportunities. I don't think we can depend on their offense with Mitchell Trubisky and the lack of, you know, guys that they have to continue to be able to put up 35 or 40 points a game. So they're going to have to lead on their defense. Losing T.J. Watt does not help those guys at all. It's going to be rough. Najee Harris also suffered a foot injury, went into the locker room immediately ruled out and we do know he's been dealing with a Liz Frank injury throughout training camp. So that is another just devastating blow to the Steelers and fingers crossed for both of them that the recoveries are quick. Right. And, and, you know, I mean, you hate to see injuries like this happening in the first week and it makes me go back to, you know, kind of what I was saying, you know, during, during the preseason, it's like, you know, you try to prevent those guys from getting injured in the preseason, but then they they don't get, I don't feel like they get the necessary work that they need. So then when they come out there week one, they're trying to play harder. They're cutting harder. They're, they're, they're running hard. You play the game, especially in week one, when the adrenaline is high, the emotions are high. You play harder than you ever practiced. So you have to have your body ready to go. And when you don't, that's why you see a lot of injuries happening in the first week. And it's tough. I mean, Pittsburgh, you know, potentially, I mean, you're losing two stars and Najee Harrison and TJ Watt. That, that does not, that does not look good for your season. Not at all. And it felt like there were multiple teams that were just kind of underwhelming, not quite ready for the stage today. Dolphins completely beat down the Patriots 20 to seven two is four and O against Belichick. The Colts were flat for pretty much the entirety of the game until the final drive 20 to 20 tie jets dominated by the Ravens and 49ers came out completely flat against the bears. And was that weather related? Was that the 49ers? Was that the bears? What's going on in the NFL? I mean, I, I think the weather had a lot to do with it. That's that's Chicago's weather. That's not San Fran's weather. Um, they came out. They didn't perform the San Francisco 49ers. They didn't perform. But the team that I was most disappointed in today, at least in the first set of games, is the Indianapolis Colts. Like, I mean, you 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 brought in Matt Ryan, and you're expecting to make a championship run, Super Bowl run. You felt like he was missing pieces. And, I mean, to come out flat like that, to be – in that situation where you're trying to make late comeback in that game, 
and you you end up with a tie with the Houston Texans. Nothing against Houston Texans. I love the Texans. I mean, they they were the team that drafted me. They were the team that gave me my first opportunity to play in the NFL. So yes, I'm rooting for those guys as well. But they're I don't know if they're they're there to to say that they're trying to compete for a Super Bowl, right? They're building. I love Smith, and and they're trying to do some good things. But I just don't know if anybody got the Texans picked to win the AFC South. And so for the Colts to come out in week one and get a tie, you know, I'm sitting there watching the game with my son. I'm just like, you know, that's a win for the Texans. I'm sure, you know, they wasn't, yeah, they wanted to get the win, but to not get a loss and get a tie with those guys, that's a win for those guys. But it's a very, very let down um, for the Colts. I thought they, I thought they would have came out and played much better and got a win, but it's the NFL, man. You just never know. Truly, you truly never know. And with the uh, with the Lions, at least, we don't know how they'll look coming in next week, how they'll respond to this loss. We do know they will be facing the Commanders, who just beat the Jaguars 28-22 in overtime. Carson Wentz, who we mentioned earlier, three touch, no, four touchdowns, including the game winner to Jahan Dotson, but two interceptions as well. Yes, and I, I, mean, I think that's that's... That's Carson Wentz, right? He's going to make some plays, but he's going to give you opportunity to make some plays. You know, he made a, you know, it was a great play that they made in, in the last route, you know, the out and up. And, you know, the the Dotson makes the, the catch in the end zone. You know, I had Jacksonville picked to win that game. I wanted to see a little more um, from Doug Peterson and, and Trey. <sighs> I wanted to see a little more. But, you know, I think the Lions could get the commanders if they, if they don't let the, the loss versus the Eagles carry over into, you know, the commanders. I don't think the commanders have enough. Obviously they got enough to to win some games, but I think if the Lions play their game and stick with their game plan, I think they can beat those guys. But like I always say, you got to go and play the games. It looks one way on paper, but you got to go and play the games. And the commanders did enough. Carson Wentz being a veteran quarterback did enough in the fourth quarter to get a, put together a drive at the end of the game. And they won the game, you know, I, you know, they had went up, Trevor Lawrence had went up, um, you know, and, and they took the lead. So I'm sitting there excited because I picked Jacksonville to win. And next thing you know, Carson Wentz leads a, a touchdown drive. And so, um, you know, it's a good football game from what I could see. Um, but I think I think the Lions can take those guys if they come ready to play. Totally agree with you there. We'll be back later on in the week to talk more about the Lions versus Commanders. But before that, do we have any final thoughts on the one o'clock slate of games or the Detroit Lions after this loss? I mean, I would say the one o'clock slate of games, hey man, that's the way to open up in the NFL. You know, I think all the games were close except for Baltimore and and, and uh, New England. I think all the games were pretty close, pretty competitive. You know, games coming down to two minutes in the last two minutes. Somebody got to make a play, and that's NFL type football, right? Somebody got to come through and make a play, offensively or defensively. So, you know, having two overtime games, you know, early in, in, in opening opening day, two overtime games in your first slate of games, that's big time. Um, you know, I thought I thought it was I thought it was very, very well played. Um, some good games. And it's the NFL's week one, so I, I expect it on to get better. Right with you on that. I as much as I am disappointed in the results today, I am excited for things to come. 
make sure that you bet on any of these future bets. Next week's game, Lions over Commanders, over with our friends over at Bet Online. And until then, make sure you follow Glover, Glover Quinn on Instagram at Glover Quinn Jr. on Twitter. Yep, Glover Quinn Jr. on Twitter. And I'm kind of tweeting a little more during these games. I'm, I'm seeing things and I'm tweeting it out. So follow me on Twitter, follow me on Instagram for, for content, different things that will be going out throughout the week. Um, yeah, it's football season. I'm excited. Follow me, follow Jack, and, and let's have a great, great year. Let's have a great year. And until we talk to you soon, we will see you next time. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.